I'm just thinking there's so many things we could talk about. Um, could you turn that down just a little bit? It's a little too echoey. As most of you know, the, uh, the Paris Climate Change Agreement was, uh, the U.S. just withdrew, withdrew from it. And as you know, a lot of other things are happening in our culture at this point. Our education system is being devalued, and uh, interesting, interesting social changes are happening. So there are six, in, in, in Buddhism, we talk about six realms of existence, six states of mind, six ways of being. And one of the ways of being is what we have all been so fortunate to have is a heavenly realm, or at least sort of heavenly realm. You know, we're all well-fed, we all have health care, we all have, you know, educations, we all have, we're living in a time of peace, we all have cars and transportation and clothing to wear and on and on and on. So compared to what people have normally had in the course of, a, of history, I mean, we have this enormous, enormous um, affluence. <clears throat> and it said in the Dharma that when you see, when people are in a heavenly realm and they see the heavenly realm is about to end, they become very afraid. And they see that, oh, this whole thing could just fall apart in you know, a few days. They become quite afraid. So a pandemic could happen. You know, the economic foundation of our culture is, um, from some perspective, is quite shaky. There's a number of countries that are um, a button away from the atomic atomic device being uh, exploded. That, you know, one thing could escalate very, very quickly and the whole stream, the whole domino of our lives could end. And we all have, have seen, there's all these people who are talking about <clears throat> one form of disaster or another. So it's said that when we're in the heavenly realm, we're in a realm of, of peace and prosperity and affluence and a realm that we have lots of food, and we can travel, and, and we see that that might end. People become very afraid. And when they become very afraid, they become very angry. They become very angry, they begin attacking people. And the more we attack people, the more people get defensive, and the more, and the more fractious everything becomes. And we can see the fractious nature of our, our society and our culture. The common story and myths that we, we all had that kind of kept us in line, many of them are just breaking down. And so the, the, the common denominators that we all said, you know, um, Americans are the, the saviors of the world was a common denominator for our culture after World War II. Not true, but it was a... It was a it was a myth that, that was perpetrated. And of course, all those myths are falling apart. So we have a state of mind where we are in a heavenly realm, which is a state of mind where we think and feel not so much 
um, conflict, where we feel things are somehow going in our direction and that they're pleasurable. And then we see the end of that happening and we become fractious. We become worried, we become anxious. We become, start grading and fighting against ourselves. And the more we fight and grade against ourselves, of course, the more everybody else fights and grates against themselves and the culture fights and grates and grates against itself. So I often wonder when, when this, these kind of realities are, are out there, why more people aren't looking for something that is transcendental, some place that is where, as the Buddha says, where thieves can't rob and kings can't uh, requisition. Why we, and that's part of why we're here at the spirit, on a spiritual path, is to find some, some place, some you can't even say it's a place, some view, some understanding, some wisdom that goes beyond the fractious nature of our culture, that goes beyond the six realms of existence, the constant swirling of samsara. So we have, in the, in the spiritual realm, we have causal things, and causal things is everything that, has a, that exists has a cause, because there is this, there is that. The Buddha says if you try to trace the origin of things back too far, you go crazy, because they, they, they essentially have no origin. Everything is the fundamental cause of everything. But we have certain things that we can do. You know, if we choose to be kind, that has certain causal effects. If we choose to build a building like this, it has certain causal effects that we have some efficacy about which direction we're pointing our actions. And so in the spiritual path, the spiritual practice, as I mentioned earlier, the first stage of the spiritual path, the first stage of practice is to stabilize and calm the mind down, to become present. And that's a volitional, a volitional choice, to turn away from the anxieties of the future and the regrets of the past. And so there's lots of, lots of teachings, and most of you are very familiar with many of the teachings about karma, how uh, living an ethical life is the first step toward reducing suffering because of karma. Then there are things like social preference. Karma is a law of nature, but social preference is just something we all agree to. You know, we all agree to. We, have the social, we have these myths, we have these common denominators, we give them the myth, the little green pieces of paper are worth something. It has something to do with trusting one another with that piece of paper. That in this country, we drive on the right side of the road. It's not particularly a karmic thing. It's not a karmic law of the universe. It's simply something we all agreed upon. It's a cultural myth. It's a cultural way of coming together. And that, of course, can change and vary, and every culture sees things differently. Whereas the, the, uh, the more causal effects of things like gravity are more ubiquitous. But the thing that's really interesting is not social preference so much, and not even causation. What's really interesting is this moment. This moment has no cause. 
this moment, the very fact that we are here and aware in this moment, the awareness of this moment has always been there. For our entire life, the awareness of this moment, we've always been aware in this moment. So it's all we can, it's the only time that we're ever aware. We feel this body and we feel it in this moment. We don't feel yesterday's body. We don't feel tomorrow's meal. We only feel this moment, this moment, this moment. It's the only time. We may have a memory of some other time in this moment. But all of our seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, even thinking happens. And that's not caused. This moment is uncausal. The past is gone, it does no longer exist, the future hasn't come, it no longer it doesn't exist. Only thing there is is this moment. So from a perspective of just this moment, it's a different kind of practice. So we have the practice of volitional, volitional turning our mind into stability and turning to what's healthy and turning to what's skillful. We have the social mores that we all feel that, that we all are embedded in. We have been embedded in them since our childhood. And it's skillful to know how to work with those cultural threads. But we have the fundamental truth, this moment was never born. This moment will not die. Now, the contents are this moment is, is kind of morphing all the time. So one way of looking at what's happening in our life is, okay, there's this stream of events. You know, it starts over here, and it goes over here. There's all these blocks that, are <clears throat> that we're moving through. We turn away from what's outside, and we think, okay, they're all, it's all still out there, and I'll go out and see it again in a few minutes. I'll go into Portland tomorrow, and all the buildings are still there. And that's one causal way of looking at things. But the other way, the transcendental way, the, the transpersonal way, the, the, the way that's a foundation of reality, is this moment has no cause. This moment is one total, complete being, thing, awareness. And that awareness is constantly shifting and morphing. And so what we talk about as causal is only this moment changing. Only this moment changing. Only this moment morphing and morphing and morphing and morphing and morphing. So we're having dealing with a world like, like this that's, that's so fractious. To be able to know there is a place, there is an awareness, there is an anchor, which has no, which can't be disrupted, which is not born and it will not die. A place that we see the dreamlike nature of all things, even the dreamer is a dream. So we have on spiritual practice, we have certain ways of practicing that are, are causal, things that are really skillful and it's important to do. We have things that are, that are the social mores of our time, the, the patterning, the, the cultural values of our time. We have the non-causal, the, the beingness of this moment. And those can't be separate things, of course have to all be because this moment includes everything. There's nothing outside this moment. And this moment's not a thing. So one of the, 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 the threads that's words that's floating around a lot these days is non-dual. Non-dual. 
And to know the non-dual means it's dual. Yes, I know the non-dual. I understand the non-dual. I can comprehend the non-dual. Because that means there's a, an understander and something to be understood, and that's two. So when we are working with non-dual awareness, it has to be the awareness of the complete, total isness of this moment. Completely inclusive. Completely inclusive. And what is completely inclusive, which is always present, which is not a thing, which can't be found, which has no location, which is our most intimate experience, is our own fundamental awareness. Not our psychological awareness of, you know, me. That's just that's part of the five aggregates. But the fundamental awareness itself. Awareness of awareness of awareness. And in awareness, all things arise by themselves disappear by themselves. <clears throat> All things come into being and disappear into being from being without our effort, without anything at all. And even us, even our thoughts, even our experience. So, on one hand, we have lots of important things to do. On one hand, we have lots of cultural things that we need to be engaged with. On the third hand, there's nothing to do at all, except be aware. Awareness of awareness itself, in this moment. I often talk about the non-dual, when we're talking about that, is the non-dual includes everything. So the non-dual has got to include all the doing. It's got to include the dual. I was having a conversation with one of my friends this afternoon. We were, he was saying that, that a vow, the intention for our life, the thing that is that our life is about, is not separate from the non-dual, is not separate from this moment. And our sense of efficacy, in a way, is part of the dream. So, in the middle of this fractious world, in the middle of this world where everything seems so falling apart, and the environment and the economy and the social situation. Right in the midst of that, awareness and the objects of awareness arise simultaneously, spontaneously, by themselves. And the dream, the dreamer is dreaming the dream. Part of that dream is we have to engage. Part of that dream is we have things that we are each called to do. So there's a dream a dreamer of dreaming the dream, and in that dream, each of us is responsible. Each of us has actions that we have to do. Each of us has things to do with our own hands. And that, too, is the dream. And I think that when we can touch that, that transpersonal, transcendental, whatever word you want to use, you can't, the words don't, don't touch it. When we touch that, there's a feeling, no, oh, everything's okay. Everything's okay. You know, it's falling apart, but that's okay too. Because in a dream, no matter what happens, we wake up and suddenly <clears throat> all of the dreamlike nature of things disappears. And that's true for this particular dream also. So, the 
it all gets back to the practice of being present. The practice of being present is if we can touch periodically, not all the time, periodically we can touch the place where the mind is not busy. The mind is fairly serene. The mind is just open. We're just aware without a whole lot of agitation, without a whole lot of doing, without a whole lot of worry, just simply quiet mind, aware, present, that begins to, it's the access point for all the other levels of uh, dharma and insight. We have some random thoughts that I was thinking about maybe. Anybody have any comments or other random thoughts or questions or insights? Can't tell whether you're all numb or asleep or whether this is, you know, complete in itself. (laughs) Well, it's a lovely night. Let's finish and go outside.